Phil, that was Kamla Kapoor, uh, expert on Rumi. Uh, I certainly learned a lot, and I, actually I learned a lot reading about Rumi before we did the interview, and I'm yeah. going to read more about Rumi, uh, a huge influence on many people's lives. Much of what he wrote uh, you know, has had an impact on me when I've heard it over the years, but I'd like to learn a lot more about him, and uh, I, uh, she certainly has tremendous expertise. Yeah, most people, I think, um, like you and me, have read his poems from time to time. I have a book of translation uh, of his poetry, Coleman Barks' famous uh, book. But I never knew he, you know, had written stories. And so Kamla was, that was what she focused on, on this, in this uh, book, uh, Rumi Tales of the Spirit. So there, it's not the poetry, but the storytelling, which I'd never uh, heard about, but I'm, I'm sure it's brilliant stuff. Well, he, he was from the 13th century, so yeah. most tales are told uh, in a storytelling fashion, uh, mm -hmm. sitting around a fire or whatever. Uh, uh, and, uh, so, uh, I guess I didn't know that either. I, I'm now, when I, when I hear it, I'm not surprised that he had those skills, but really, yeah. uh, many, many centuries and he's still, uh, quite, uh, relevant. Now, um, again, he was, uh, the, the, his original religious background was what? Well, he's, uh, Persian, what is now Iran. Mm -hmm. So, uh, one assumes he was, uh, a Muslim. Uh, like the rest of uh, Persia at that mm -hmm. time, it was long after <clears throat> the Zoroastrian tradition had vanished, I think, or been re uh, subjugated. So that's my my assumption is that he was uh, um, Muslim, but how religious or what um, branch of Islam? Uh, he may have followed, I, I do not know, but um, in one way or another, you know, it was an Islamic culture that he grew up in. Right. Uh, and, and so he would have uh, written in uh, Persian. And But then when he was in Turkey, um, I wonder what the language uh, situation would have been for you know people traveling in that part of the world. And, and, and he, he is still uh, revered. I was reading about him, and there's a, a, a large statue of Rumi in Turkey that still yeah. stands. Uh, by the way, a little aside: you mentioned the Zoroastrians, yeah, subject for another show. But uh, they, my understanding is, they had to flee Persia, flee persecution a thousand years ago, and went to the area that is now Pakistan. And I know that. Because I saw the movie Bohemian Rhapsody, and, right, uh, and right. Freddie Mercury was a Zoroastrian, and right. his father in the movie made mention of that. So uh, let's try to follow up, and uh, there must That's be a right. Zoroastrian and population it, still around. And, and well, find there out is this big population, uh, what they're, they're called Parsis, okay. uh, in, in India. So there's a big Parsi population in India. Um, that's where I, I, I think was the main place of the uh, Zoroastrian diaspora. And so there's, there's a big settlement there. The famous um, uh, orchestra conductor, uh, Zubin Mehta, is uh, a Parsi from uh, mm -hmm. India. <clears throat>
So I think. And, I and uh, getting stage. back to, to, to Rumi, he was he was a, a Sufi then. Yes. Okay. Well, but here's the thing. I'm looking at. <clears throat> I'm looking <laughs> online now. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it says it calls him an Islamic scholar and theologian, as well as a Sufi mystic. Uh, so it's curious. I'd be curious. There are people out there listening to this who know a lot more about him than we do. But I wonder how religious he was and how learned he was as a uh, a, a Muslim prior to meeting his. Uh, his teacher, his guru, Shams, uh, and whether, you know, his uh, immersion in Sufism um, after that point was a sort of uh, the beginning of his uh, spiritual life or whether it was just a transformation mm-hmm. of it in a different direction. Interesting. Well, I think we should have Kamla on again. I mean, I have a lot more questions, and I know that I'll be reading a lot more about Rumi because I... I my, my my knowledge is is quite limited. I mean, uh, he and you asked. Uh, she said that he his writings, his teachings, his storytelling was all in Farsi. No, no, in uh, in Persian. What I think is, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, well, it's probably Farsi, but uh, I don't know if there's a difference between the Persian that was written and spoken in his day and today's Farsi. That's you know a, something a scholar can tell us, but apparently he also uh, wrote in Arabic and Turkish. And, and I'm reading the most important influences on Pan Rumi, besides his father, were the Persian poets Attar and Sinai. So they mm. were poets, not theologians. Maybe poets that were theologians. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. And you know, I think one of the great things about Rumi's popularity. I mean, you know, you read every once in a while that he's the best, the most uh, widely read poet in America. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty extraordinary. You know, seven centuries after his. his what? What are the odds? What odds what, did you? Uh, well, that? that's. A, I mean, you know what. You know, no one reads poetry these days, except maybe Mary Oliver and, you know, people in school. Mm-hmm. Poetry became, you know, songwriting in our era. Right. So all the, all the great poets are, you know, do it in music. But, um, you know, one of the great things about that is it's made people aware of the incredible uh beauty and uh, profundity of Sufi teachings. Mm-hmm. Sufism has been, you know, so badly uh, suppressed in the Islamic world that um, uh, it's, it's a shame because, you know, the, 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 the depth of, of the mystical teachings that come from Sufism is, is right up there with you know, the Christian mystics and the Kabbalists and, and the yogis and the Buddhists. I mean, it's really incredible stuff. He was, I mean, when I read Rumi, I see, you know, he could be an Advaita Vedanta poet. Right. You know, in fact, I'm looking at the website now and I'm seeing something, uh, a, a stanza quoted. Why should I seek? I am the same as he. His essence speaks through me. I have been looking for myself. I mean, that, yeah. that's something. Well, well he, I'm, I'm reading here uh, about Rumi. Uh, this is not from me, but something I'm reading right now. 
Rumi embeds his theosophy, theosophy, and then they have in, quote, uh, in, in, in parentheses transcendental philosophy, like a string through the beads of his poems and stories. His main point and emphasis is the unity of being. So yeah, yeah you're right yeah. on target. I mean, yeah, he was uh, essentially, I mean, he was a Vedantist in the different guys, you know, but he, he's, the, he's a great um, representative of the, you know, what's called the perennial philosophy, this insight that, you know, at its essence of spiritual experience, um, you know, there are many, many paths to the same place, and the mystics of all the traditions come together in, in that light, and he's a perfect example of it. Yeah. Well, I wonder if there's anyone alive today writing, uh, whose writings will be read uh, uh, 700 years from now, and actually continuously read 700 yeah. years from now. Uh, I know, well, you know, probably uh, only because they make music, you know, I'm sure right. uh, Bob Dylan will be listened to 700 years right. from now. But uh, anyway, we, I'm grateful that we discovered uh, Kamala Kapoor because it um, gave us an excuse to talk about uh, Rumi. And it was a delight to hear her interpretation and how she came to it. And, and to discover these um, stories right. that uh, she, yeah, she translated into, in this book. A wonderful interview. Uh, 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 love to have her back on. And by the way, for our listeners out there, if you're t thinking of taking a course in comparative religions, forget about it. Just listen to uh, <laughs> one of our many, we probably have 150, almost 200 interviews now, and really fabulous stuff. I mean, uh, uh, and uh, a real education. So, we, and our tuition yeah. is very inexpensive. It's at zero. We would like <laughs> to change that. Uh, I think colleges have inflated their, their prices. Uh, we certainly haven't inflated ours, but would like to. And, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Seriously. For, for the right price, we'll send you a diploma. Yeah, exactly. A certificate of <laughs> attendance or a certificate of listening or something like that. But no kidding. I mean, if, if somebody sits and listens to one third of our interviews, certainly if they listen to all of them, they're going to really have a, uh, you know, a deep and, 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 and uh, enormous uh, knowledge of contemporary spirituality. So uh, there you I go. I agree. Yeah, a little self-promotion. It's nothing wrong. <laughs> Once in a while, not always. Uh, but in any okay. event, uh, till next time, when we have some other very good ones coming up. Some yep. stuff uh, that uh, uh, is posted, some stuff that hasn't been posted yet. And uh, again, uh, go to spiritmatterstalk.com and we're available uh, on iTunes and everywhere else right now. So uh, please listen also, you and email we us. We have a YouTube channel. Yes, and a YouTube channel. Find us there. Uh, all right, Phil, okay. till next time. Okay, take care.